0: All I have is yours. And all you have is mine. And my glory is shown through them. And now I am coming to you. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Holy Father, keep them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one, just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me. I protected them, and not one of them was lost, except the man who was bound to be lost, so that the scripture might come true. And now I am coming to you, and I say these things in the world, so that they might have my joy in their hearts in all its fullness. I gave them your message, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world. But I do ask you to keep them safe from the evil one. Just as I do not belong to the world, they do not belong to the world. Dedicate them to yourself by means of the truth. Your word is truth.
1: A heartwarming welcome to the Kindling Podcast presented to you by Celestial Zeitgeist Ministries. Here, we have uplifting conversations about the word of God and the Christian faith. Together, let's begin the spiritual journey of bringing hearts to Christ, encouraging one another, and strengthening believers. Today we have a special guest in our midst. We have uh, Sister Mary, uh, Sister Mary Bankole, and uh, she is she is a teacher in the Word of God. I actually found her on Instagram, as if by by divine by divine guidance. Um, I was led to her page, and and it was good to see you know a fellow celestial member, you know breaking down breaking down the Word of God. And I think the particular one I saw was. Um, focused on the book of Revelation and she was talking about the church, um, one of the churches, uh, one of the seven churches um, that uh, had forgotten the love of God and she she broke that down and taught that and I thought, oh yeah, this is perfect. We definitely have to get her for uh, the second season and I'm so happy that she graciously accepted Um, and we're happy to have you today as a guest so um sister mary do you want to introduce yourself
2: ah you make it sound so perfect hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah! everyone uh it is an honor to be here it is an honor to be here my name is mary mary odouan yobankoli i am a, a member of the celestial church of christ i was born and bred in the fold and the celestial Street of Christ is home for me, it's a place, or shall I say, a community of bliss for me. I especially love the way we uh, regard spiritualism, quote and unquote, and the way the other service is, you know, there is a clear connection between our earthly worship and heavenly worship, and so it, it just makes everything so, so peaceful for me. And yeah, again, I'm so, so, so happy. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here today.
1: thank you you so much thank you so much all right so uh we have a very interesting topic to discuss today um in fact there there are actually two episodes i've been looking forward to uh this this season and this is one of them um oftentimes you know when jesus is about to begin a parable he would say the kingdom of heaven is like right um and one such parable is the parable of the laborers in the in the vineyard, right in the vineyard, which I know we're we're all familiar with, but for the purposes of what we're going to discuss today, I think um, i will I will try to outline the parable because we might use it as an anchor just for the the flow and the growth of the conversation. So, in this parable of the laborers of the vineyard, right? Jesus is speaking of an employer that goes out early in the morning. Let's say about 6 a.m., you right? He gets up early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. He strikes an agreement with the first set of laborers that he finds early in the morning, right? He strikes an agreement with them for about a denarius. So, let's say that's about a dollar. Let's just, you know, equate that to a dollar. So, They clock in about 6 a.m., and they agree, and they go to work. The same employer goes out in the third hour, so that would be about 9 a.m., three hours after, and hires more laborers and sends them into the vineyard, right? And he does the same thing in the sixth hour and the ninth hour, same agreement, um, same amount they're going to be paid, respectively. And then does the same in the 11th hour, so that's about 5 p.m., sending the laborers into the vineyard to work and, that, and they're also gonna receive the denarius, the, the dollar. So later on when it was getting too dark right, to work anymore because of course in those days there weren't electricity like we have now so they had to shut it down. Um, he calls all the laborers he hired to pay them for their respective wages. Everyone received a denarius, or a, a dollar for their services. But then, the ones who started working very early at 6 a.m. assumed that they should get paid more. Why? Because, of course, they started working earlier, right, in the day. And since they, 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 they started working earlier, right, evidently they've offered more labor than the rest. And because of that, they, they, they thought they should get paid more. But they were paid a dollar. And they thought that wasn't fair, and as a result, they complained. Especially given the fact that, The ones who started working at 5 p.m. didn't even work that much, right? Uh, However, the employer responds in verse 13 of this parable uh, of the chapter that, Friend, I am doing you no wrong, right? Did you not agree with me for a denarius, um, a dollar? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man, this last batch of people, the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good, now, this is an interesting parable for several reasons, right? And I think for the purposes of today's discussion, we will find this parable useful as we try to understand certain things about the way or the system of God and the system of the world, right? The system of God and the system of the world, especially how the Bible presents it. And even for us too, we who traffic in the world, what, what are some of these systems? What are some of these mechanisms in the system of the world that even we ourselves observe so what do these systems look like or some of the questions we will we will try to answer what do some of these you know what do these systems look like the system of god and the system of the world how does the bible define these systems um that's another question and how do these systems differ and so on if time in time uh, if time permits so let us begin the, the conversation Uh, Lightly and gently ease into it. So here's my first question. Uh, And and Sister Mary, you know, feel free to, you know, I'll throw it to you first, and then we'll ease into it. Um, So my first question is, when Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then proceeds to explain it or encapsulate the description of the kingdom of God in a story, like in a story-like manner, like in a parable, why do you believe Jesus does that why why does he take that route in if you know based on in, in your own words or or in your own observation
2: uh i would say that um jesus while he was here health for his earthly ministry you know it was it was someone who was very practical like he wouldn't put things too hard than it done than, than it actually is it won't present anything to you in something so philosophical, if you know what I mean, you know. Mm. It would break mm. it down into pieces, into little bits, so that even you would think, oh, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees were just so out to get him, who thought that they were so wise and so knowledgeable, you know, even their wisdom, they, they would be very shocked. They would be like, okay, what's going on? You know, they are going to just be confounded. Yes, that's the word, you know. Mm. And so when Jesus says... Mm. the kingdom of god is like is almost like putting it forward to you so you wouldn't say oh boy, i do not understand oh boy this is too this is too so hard for me to grasp it becomes very easy it's something that you actually know mm. and then it presents it in such a way that you know just like the bible that says as it is in heaven right as it is here on earth so it is in heaven you know he always tries to establish a connection between what is in heaven and what is here on earth. So that we do not derail, so that we do not forget. So that we do not think that oh, whatever it is that he came to do or at a time when people didn't understand it, they wouldn't feel like it's just some fairy tale or some cooked-up story. Do you understand? So it's more like I need you to understand what I'm saying. And this is how I'm going to break it down for you so you will understand. I'm going to be very practical in what I'm going about to say. And <laughs> whilst I'm saying this parable, I'm even going to be explaining it further for you to actually understand. So you wouldn't say you do not understand. That's the way I say it. And honestly, like this topic, like a killer of two system, and then we're looking at, I especially love the part where it says, you know, Cause I was looking at it from another, um, shall I say, scripture, right? From the book of, I think, Luke it is. Luke chapter 16 and then again in chapter 20. And the part where it says, you know, ran down to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Putting that verse into context is just like, the story centers around, you know, the confrontation by, you know, these religious leaders the chief priests, the scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, as, as you call them, you know, the local establishment of the church at the time, or of the religious leaders in Jerusalem at the time, who had been, you know, consumed by their positions or by traditions of Judaism. You know, they practically hijacked the people and then they brought them under their own domination. However, while Jesus was here and earth, he preached the kingdom. It was about the kingdom. You wouldn't hear him say something that was self. You wouldn't hear him say anything that was for his own. Uh, he would not cook up any story and he would not put it pull up the front in a way that you would um, try and perceive him in a particular way. You know, he preached the kingdom, and I feel like he's just so very funny and very wise. Well, his wisdom, right? That he usually has a response for every question for every attack by these people you know and it took me to that verse i think in first peter 3 15 that says that you know always have an answer for everyone you need to know the hope of your calling why are you called when people ask you about these things you should know you should have an answer to them you know and while they were questioning the um, um, um what's it called now the issue of the taxation at the time now i'm talking about rent down to Caesar, the things that are Caesars i mean while we are talking about the issue of roman taxation and then the question about paying taxes and all of those things. I feel like the question is very valid, you know, because a denarius or a silver denarius, you know, was like, just like you said, like a coin, like considered a fair day's wage, you know, a dollar, something like that, you know, for common laborers in in the century at the time. And the coin had the image of Caesar. I was making my own research, and I saw the coin had the image of Caesar. And it has inscriptions on it that says, or that translates to, Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus, himself now Augustus, and so Jesus responds by saying that render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, unto God the things that are God's. Is because we can say yes, the denarius is Caesar's because it bears the image and the title of Caesar. So the question now becomes, why would God give them that response? Jesus give them that response. I mean, the question now becomes. It moves from, if you ask me who am I, I will say my name is Mary. It moves from being who am I to whose am I. whose are you? And so I, I feel like now for believers, you know, there's a form of identity crisis. You know, it's easy to say who am I? I'm this, I'm that. But whose are you? Who do you belong to? So if God is saying, run down to him because yeah, it is. Give it to him. Whose are you? And again, it boils down to the fact that For every believer, for every believer, the entirety of our life belongs to God. Why? Because we bear the image of God. You know, and again took me to that verse where it says in I think Genesis chapter one verses um, twenty-seven there about where it says that we are created in the in the image and likeness of God. So I I feel like if we if we truly you know have the understanding of what it means to be created or to to, to be formed, to be created in the image of God, then we'll know rules we have, and then we we'll would live and walk and uh, fulfillment of what has been proposed or predestined for us, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I especially like how you began with, you know, Christ being, you know, uh, the, the practicality of it, um, and breaking it down so that even the common person can have an idea, an inclination. Jesus Christ wants to give us. Um, he wants to give us a a an idea, and the best way he can do it is to is to sort of like how you know you, to it, for most people today. If if you give them the option of maybe, uh, and this is just a crude example, um, read Harry Potter in a book or watch the movie. Most people would probably choose to watch the movie, right? They would. They would most they would choose, or, or Shakespeare, right? Would they rather read Shakespeare or would they rather um, watch it, right? Most people would rather watch a movie, maybe a Macbeth, right? Because that, that way it, it, they're able to, and they don't mind if <laughs> yeah. like the movie maybe erases some parts just like Hollywood always does, you know, like they take out some parts or they add their own part and they romanticize it maybe little, even more, but they just, that way they're able to, um, to digest the material better. And I think that's what stories kind of played, um, especially in their times, right? Of course, there were no TVs there, but the best representation was to, you know, rather than the same, like you said, maybe lectures they were used to from Pharisees in the in, 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 in the temple uh, or the synagogues, Jesus Christ... Um, Jesus Christ felt that this would be a better way for them to, by like even the common man, myself, yourself, many of us can understand what the kingdom of God is like by breaking it down into, into a story-like manner. Um, and I thank you for that, because you even transitioned, and I like the way you smoothly transitioned into the the incident with Christ, and when they had asked him whose inscription is on the coin, because that's very apt for what we're discussing today, right? The two systems, is that in these these two systems exist, right? And we cannot deny the reality that one of those systems are the systems you and I, we wake up in every day. We sleep, we wake up, we traffic in, right? But then you said something that we also have to be conscious about who is it we belong to. So even though we are we we traffic in this system so to speak, right? We trade in it. We 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 operate in it, but are we of this system? But even before we get there, I'll I'll first like us to you know paint what the system is because some people might not understand when we say the systems, right? Which is probably a word many have heard before, oh this Babylon system, you know, sometimes in reggae or or, or, or the Rastafari movement. You have oh the system, the system, system is corrupt. When we're talking about the system or when the Bible is 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 um, talking about the system? What exactly is the system? What are these two systems? So, uh, uh, brother Shay, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
3: think the system is Babylon, you know, um, and because um, that is how uh, you know Scripture, you know, uh, specifically speaking in Revelations, where you know it talks about you know the you know all the nations having drunk of the the wine, right? Of of the of uh, the fornication of of Babylon, right? Um, the great the great mystery, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Um, and so that that's that's kind of this idea of well, what do we mean by you know Babylon being you know the system? Um, it, it's it's a type. Uh, it represents the earthly system, the earthly um, uh, kingdom um, that is different from the the kingdom. Of Christ um, it, you know when we when we're talking about you know two the, the two systems one you know we, we say we wake up in we traffic in um, you know that that system is effectively money right it is the financial system um, the system of man is, is revolves only you know everything that we do um, is is about money right financial security and financial you know wealth and affluence and growth you know how uh, how can we be more abundant and plenteous etc cetera, etc cetera, right it's in the it's in the accumulation of of goods um so and that you know money is just is just really a word for um you know some currency um that you can accrue and um you know becomes this this uh way this mechanism in society by which you can exert influence
1: which i think even to your point is what you know jesus was was saying is it matthew chapter six right that you cannot serve two masters you cannot yep. serve god and, and, mammon, and mammon and you mammon. always notice that in scripture
3: right. it's always you know god is often always comparing you know, specifically in christ contrasted uh, with, yeah. exactly in, in you know in christ's parables he's always contrasting with mammon when when he tells the the, the uh rich young man Right to he says go sell all you have right mm-hmm. you know give away everything you have come and follow me and that's why he says uh, you know uh, it's easier for for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to mm-hmm. enter into the kingdom of God and, and why Paul also you know writing you know uh, I think to the to the Romans was saying you know notice that you know not many not many rich are called because there is um, you know the, the when you are when this system of the world fully satisfies you. Then you know to the point system Mary was making. um, Then do you really have any need for the other system, right? If Mm -hmm. if 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 this is if this system of the world, if you've done very well in it and you've succeeded in it, um, then do you really have any need for the other system? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer to that is you know depends on what are you looking at. What is what is you know what is your understanding of the two systems which I know we're going to get into right but you know Christ it it is interesting that one of the temptations um that Christ uh uh was presented with by the devil was all the riches of this world Mm -hmm. right he says to him you know if you bow before me I will all know, I will give you everything of this world that is this system you could rule over this system and notice also when Christ was brought before Pilate to be judged. And he says, you know, it says, if, you know, he says regarding the angels that he could, you know, the legion of angels he could call upon to deliver him, you know, he says, but this is not my kingdom. Mm. This is not my system. I don't need to contend. I don't need to contend here because this is not really my kingdom. And I think mm. that's what the parable you started out with is really indicating to us.
0: Mm
1: so going back to that parable all right let's go back to that parable because um, the when i was thinking about this topic and 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 i was thinking specifically about that parable it kept coming back to me that's why i chose it and because I, i i felt that in this story christ is trying to communicate something to us and it looks so simple you know it seems so simple but then again when you take a second look at it and a third look at it, it its I don't even think it's... it's it, it, what, what seems so simple starts to become very scary. Especially, it's scary because this is something that you notice every single day. And this is probably something that even we notice, that we do, even as believers, that if we're conscious enough that we really ought to pray all the time to guard against these, you know, some of these things. And what do I mean by that? So when we go back to that parable, right, one of the things I wanna take out is, you know, if we, if we are to just look at the fact that these men were complaining, right, let's start there. They were complaining about, um, oh, it isn't fair. We started working 6 a.m., these people started working 5 p.m., you know, just a few more minutes before the sun sets, right, and we get paid the same. The master says to them, what we agreed is what we agreed, right? So it isn't, and if we look at that and we're trying to transcribe that into maybe the way things work, right? Before, in the West here, when we work, we have an agreement how much we wanna get paid an hour and things like that, right? So, and of course, right? Um, we don't probably all get paid the same in the, in the jobs that we do. But it's, the, the, the thing I, want, I really wanted to zero in on is the agreements that they had Right, they had that agreement because they did not, and there, and and also the state they were in before the employer came. Right, the state they were in, one can assume they didn't have jobs; they were jobless. Right, they didn't have, um, they didn't have any aim. But then the master comes and offers them, or the employer comes and offers them an opportunity and says, "Here, I will pay you." That in itself, right should create some kind of it creates a joy in a person, right? That you took me from a place where I did not have any prospects. But now you're giving me, you're giving me, you're putting me in a position where you know I can be rewarded. A position where I wasn't before. Now I'm in a different position. There's a joy attached to that. Right? Similar to let's say you've been looking for a job for so long, like you've been filling out job applications, resume after resume, interviews after interviews, right? And you haven't been getting callbacks, but all of a sudden you get a callback and you're happy that, you know, they want you and they're going to pay you and that's the agreement. But for some reason, <clears throat> we don't stay in that state, right? That state of, the state of gratitude we once had. Where we were taking from a place of not having now to having, we don't stay in that state. Is that making sense to you guys? Like, we yeah. don't because then what happens after is that, and, and I think that's what it, I'm trying to put the uh, the the magnifying glass on this because it seems so simple, but I want us to blow it out a bit because now they have they've had up they being paid, whereas they wouldn't have before. Now they've been paid, but now they go a step further when they see others too have been paid. The same, they're no longer, the state of gratitude where they, they, maybe they were before as, I don't want to say evolved, but let me say devolved into now a place of, I don't know, contempt or, or greed of some sort, right? That, wait a minute, I should get paid more, right? The gratitude or their state of gratitude gets corrupted. And the reason I'm stating that, and, and, and before, before I say that is, now let's say the parable continued, and then the next day, the master came to these same people at 6 a.m. and said, oh yeah, um, I'll pay you a denarius for exactly what you did yesterday. Knowing the system that we are trafficking every day, what would probably be like their response do you Yeah, think? they're not taking
3: that yeah no they won't right <laughs> yeah they would it's probably like, no, wait no at,
1: and even if they were going to take it most likely they would wait till 5 p.m
3: exactly finally have to work one hour to get the same wage get the as same, somebody who, yeah. who worked the whole 12 hours right then, you Yeah. Know, logically i'd be a fool to to start early and that's exactly <clears throat> what
1: i want us to zero in why is that why is that why does that why does that happen do we think sister mary
2: in my opinion, I think it boils down to understanding. If you don't know, if you walk in ignorance, right, you do many things wrong. But if you work in the knowledge of God, if you walk closely with God, if you know who you are in God, if you know why God has called you, let's link this to um celestial um, um youth. You know, the way we and I say we because, yeah, I'm included, right? The way, we, the way we put forward some things, like what example can I give right now? Okay, maybe I can't think of any. But the way we look at, um, what's it called now? Leadership or um, structure or uh, we put forward arguments, you know, in the fold. I know so many people who would say they are not equipped, right? obviously not equipped, not equipped, and I know what I'm saying, but then they want to be at the forefront. They want to have all the benefit of someone who is really ready. Do you know what it takes to be ready? Like, even Christ always, like, it's, it's in the scripture, right? The cost of discipleship. It's not a one-day thing. When you walk in the vineyard, when God, when Christ is using the example of walking in the vineyard, like, when you labor for Christ, when you have your eyes fixed on your race, when you have your eyes fixed on the cross, when you you know pledge an allegiance to follow Jesus all the days of your life, it it isn't a destination. It isn't something that you get to and you and you come off and you say, okay, that's it, I'm done. No, it's like a continuum. Like it goes on and on. Like it never ends. And so and so if 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 not, say that we are um, we are you know, we, 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 we run faster than, (laughs) than what we actually are, not equipped, not, not built up, not matured, we're still babies, we still crave milk, you know, it goes on and on, and then we're still craving for, oh, I think I, I deserve this, oh, I think I am supposed to be, you don't know the work that other people have put in the Mm. secret place, you don't know what, you don't know how the relation, because in the end, it is a relationship with God, right, you don't know how the relationship is with God, you don't know how far they have moved. But then you just want the benefit. It doesn't work that way. I feel like it just doesn't work that way, and it would never work. And I think that is the reason why, you know, Christ was saying that, you know, you no, know, you don't expect me. Like, like I, honestly, like I, I really just don't get it. Why we complain about these things? Like, like it's something that, like, it's our right. Like, it's <laughs> it's a do or die thing. Like, if you don't give me, then you're cheating me. No, we need to work with knowledge. We need to work in knowledge to really know, because if we don't know, then we'll just be deceiving ourselves, you know, and then it goes on and on to say that whatever it is that you put your hand in to do for Christ, do it diligently, do not do it for the applause. do not do it for, uh, because you want to be known, do not do it because of, there's so many other vain, vain, vague reasons, do not do it for that, do it because you actually know what you're doing, do it because you have an understanding, a good, a godly understanding of what you're doing, so that way, when the blessings come forth, you would, if someone if someone is even accusing you saying, oh, what is what has it done? This one, that one. Then you're able to tell them, no. You have an answer. You have a response to that, if you know what I mean. You're not just doing things because you want to do them. I'm not just putting out information. I'm not just talking about the scripture because I want to be known or saying, no, I'm doing it because I understand that this is what God has commissioned me to do. It is more like bearing of the cross and following christ daily yes
3: that's it Mm. let me let me chime in for a second on this one because i i um because i you know i i I totally agree with sister mary i think it it, it's absolutely about you know perspective perspective and motive you know and, and what do i mean by that um Notice that Christ says the kingdom of God is like. He's talking about what the kingdom of God is like. That's the, that's the, the perspective that we had to have, mm. Mm. okay? Let, you know, there, there's an Old Testament uh, uh, corollary to this story, to this, to this parable that Christ told. If you recall that, I think when David and his men had gone to go and uh, contend with Saul, if you recall, this is in uh, 1 Samuel um, uh, chapter 30, and then they come back. To their camp, and they find that that some, a band of raiders had come and taken mm, away, taking everything, right, right. Mm-hmm. had taken the women, had taken you know the children, had taken away their goods. If you read that story, David and his men go chasing after the raiders. They get to a place um, in in Bezor, mm. and some of David's men are tired. They, you know, they just come from one campaign, and they're go, they're chasing another. You know, a, a bunch of raiders, yeah. and they tar- they're tired and we're told they can't go any further. But so they left them behind to stay with with the, with their things, right? And then so, David and the rest of his men that could travel kept traveling, and you know they 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 conquer, they get everything back. Now comes the time to divide the plunder, to divide the spoils. Mm. And the Bible says some wicked men who went with David—that's mm, yeah. the language, right? Mm-hmm. Some wicked men who went with David yeah. said, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Why are you trying to divide equally? Uh, you know, these guys stayed behind." We actually risked our neck and went to go fight. Mm. These men stayed behind and did not, you know, they, they, they were too tired. We actually fought. The Bible says some wicked and worthless men. Some, sometimes those adjectives always get me, yeah. right? Some <laughs> wicked and worthless men uh, among those who went with David said, since they didn't go with us, right? They shouldn't get any, right? Mm. What does David now say? And I think this is one of those things why, you know, many times I read the scripture, man, why did God say David was a man after his own heart? Mm despite many of David's flaws and shortcomings, is because you really truly realize he, had, he knew the mind of God. Mm. David now says to his men, it's like, it's not to be so. So let me read from uh, verse 23. It says, but David said, you must not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us. Hmm. Perspective. That's David's own perspective. That yes, not, every, not all of us took, you know, a- took an active role in this battle. But it is really God that gave us this thing. Notice the, 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 the comparison with the parable. The master is the one, you know, the, the boss is the one who gave everybody something. That's the perspective. Who is giving this to me? Hmm. David says, it is the Lord that has given us this. For he has protected us and handed over to us the band of raiders that came against us and who we will we listen to in this matter. That means whose system should we follow in, in this decision that we're about to make he now says for as is the share of the one who goes down to battle so shall be the share of the one who stays by the baggage they shall share alike mm. and, the, and now says so it has been from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day so perspective and motive You see, the the Bible calls those those men wicked because they didn't see the other men as brothers. If I'm looking at, hey, all of our our wives, our children, all of our things were taken together. And if I'm able to stand and fight today, even though my brother is tired, this is my brother. I'm helping him recover his things too in as much as mine. We're all getting something together because we're brothers. We're sisters. We belong to the same. I have the strength today to do more than he or she can, so I will lend my strength to my brother. I will, go, I will do this for my brother. And see, it's, that's the motive. Hmm. But if the motive is, hey, I'm here to get mine for mm-hmm. myself and try to get the most for myself, and I think that's why I notice I don't think Christ actually criticizes the system of the world. When I go to my job, I'm not thinking of my coworker mm-hmm. as my fellow brother i'm i'm there my motive is to get paid i'm giving my services to get paid hmm. my co-worker we're not you know there's not this you know kumbaya all of us are you know me and my fellow co-worker yeah exactly right. that's the job of, of the hr department right. hey we're all a family no 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 we're not <laughs> I'm, I'm here for myself i'm here because i heard you guys pay a lot of money right. and so you're gonna pay me mm. That's the motive and perspective. But with the things of God, this is what Christ is trying to teach. This is what David understood. The perspective God wants us to have is that we are one. If you have the strength today, you are lending it to your brother. Hmm. Notice the motive, the perspective of David. He says, no, no, we can't do this with what the Lord has given us. My nine to five employer is not my Lord. Hmm. That's why Christ says, the kingdom of heaven is like. Hmm. And I think I'll throw in there. If you notice... When he, when he was also, in the book of Mark, telling his disciples, it says, in the kingdom of the world, in the Gentiles, right? The rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. <laughs> but with you, so in this fellowship, so. it's, it is not to be so. Mm-hmm. So for me, it is not necessarily an indictment on the system of the world. Rather, because, you know, in the, in the world, you know, again, I was hired to do... When they hired me for a job, my co-worker was, you know what I mean? My co-worker... And I think that's why... Christ told the story in that kind of potent way because he's not saying the system of the world is wrong, but he uses an example from the system of the world to show how it strongly contrasts to the system of God Mm. because I don't think that the the people in the world were wrong to say, hey, look, I worked for 12 hours. He worked for one. But Christ is saying that same scenario is is handled differently differently In In the the kingdom of of God, God, Mm. in the system of God, because there's a different motive and perspective.
0: Mm.
1: I love both both your takes on this, because and this is living up to every um, every expectation I had as to as to, you know, the excitement I had for this episode, because this is this is a deep one. Um, Let me let me let me go another route, because looking at that parable, going back to that parable. We see, you know, we see a quick shift, right, from perhaps a state of gratitude to a state of greed. And that's what Jesus says, right? It says, you know, when in that parable or what the Lord says, right, it says, did you not agree with me for a denarius? Um, you know, I, 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 is your eyes evil because I am good, right? Um, we, see, we see a shift from gratitude to greed. In, in that parable that Jesus Christ um, had, 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 um, had laid out. And it made me think, especially for us who are followers of Christ, right, how quickly even we ourselves are so susceptible. Because being born again, when we say we are born again, I think it isn't it is the transformation of perspective right, as well right the transformation of heart the trans the transformation of mind transformation of perspective right that in that puts us in a state where our gratitude should not be corrupted by greed right our liberty should not be corrupted by fear um our truth should not be corrupted by lies right it's moving us in a direction that makes us, that transforms us into citizens of the kingdom of God that awaits us. Mm. Because I'm often of the mind that of course, the kingdom of God is both a character and it's a location. For instance, if I say I'm a citizen of the United States of America, it isn't just the fact that I live in America, America is a place, but it also, that statement also carries with it that I embody the values the values of, exactly. of an American, the value system. right? Yep. Both the character and the location have to agree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so also the kingdom of God. You can't, a person cannot dwell in the kingdom of God without embodying a different character that is not worldly. As you were speaking, it, it reminded me of the book of Acts of the Apostles, um, and Ananias and Sapphira, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, as you both were speaking. Because Sister Mary mentioned ignorance, right? The, the ignorance. You, you boiled it down to the ignorance that we have. Because at that time, that period in the church, right? People were, were coming together. People were selling things. Everybody was building, having a shared perspective. And their mind, their perspective were changing right? People were fellowshipping together, sharing together, helping one another, the bigger picture, um, as it were. But then here comes Ananias and Sapphira, right? They, They had the opportunity to do the same, but they didn't. And because there were times when you know I started reading when I started reading scripture and and I would I would read that chapter I would often think but man God why did you deal so harshly at least you know to my own understanding and knowledge at the time why did you deal so harshly with Ananias and Sapphira, right? Um, because okay yeah they 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 sold it and they kept a portion for themselves so I'm assuming that they gave some portion to the church but maybe. Uh, they kept a portion for themselves or they lied well they lied that oh this is what they this is what they sold it for but then when i when i fast forward and i look at the apostle paul and he was there when stephen was being stoned and he was he was um terrorizing christians and i am thinking that you know at the time that the punishment that ananias and sapphira should even uh, was was a little bit more did not fit the crime right uh, whereas that punishment should have been meted out for somebody like Saul the apostle who was mm-hmm. who was um, terrorizing who actually yeah got Christians right, killed. persecuting Christians but then the more you know especially because we we're talking about this you know Paul was in a state of ignorance that's what Sister Mary was talking about right he was in a state of ignorance and one can also say the same about them too they were in a state of ignorance but what makes and, and i just want i just want to get you guys perspective and of course ultimately the answer would be of course god god knows the hearts god can deal how, how he deals judgments he's always fair but from our own understanding say we were reading that right pertaining to what we are talking about why would you know why would we think that god dealt that way with ananias and sapphira right um in in that way that both of them were killed what was it is, what was it exactly that you know when we read it i made god deal with them in such a way if you were to explain that and someone asked you about that if, and we were to and you wanted to explain it in in the in the within the bounds of these two systems that we are talking about uh this time i'll give sister mary a break i'll let She start uh, but and then sister mary you can come in
3: yeah, that's a great question, and you know, it's, again, it's one of those things that we we don't we can't say you know a hundred percent, but you know, for for me, when I when I've kind of you know meditated on that passage of scripture, I, you know, and I've we we touched on this piece of scripture when we were kind of talking about, and uh, uh, I think in season one, prior episode we did where we talked about the apostolic ministry, and. You kind of always notice that in the beginning of a work of an apostolic work that God does, He seems to be very protective mm. of it, and that you know um, everybody is 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 doing things as one, together, moving together, and He removes anything that that uh, seeks to undermine that, you know. And I, I no doubt that the you know Ananias and Sapphira, they they were Christians. Yeah, they've been they've been taught, they've been. You know, they, they know the, the teachings uh, because, you know, and we, we can say that confidently because obviously the church had gotten to a place where they were so tight-knit mm-hmm. and they were, again, right, they they were they were brothers, they were sisters, they were one that everybody mm-hmm. says, why don't we bring all our things together? So their level of
1: ignorance, perhaps not on the same level of ignorance would have put Saul of Tarsus. Exactly, exactly, exactly okay. right?
3: Exactly, okay. they, you know, they, they knew because... So for everybody to come, you know, we're told everybody came and brought all that they had and laid it at the apostles' feet. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Ananias and Sapphira were a part of. But evidently, they were still really in the, you know, they were still, uh, the, the, the system of the world was much more valuable to them than the system of God. And, you know, and as we were kind of talking, the thought that came to my mind you know, was that, you know, when I was I was thinking to myself, how could I, you know, if I if I was to use one word to to distinguish between the system of of, of the world and the system of God, what would I what would I use? And the, what the words that came to my mind was the system of the world is about gain, mm. the system of God is about service. Mm.
1: Hmm.
3: And if you notice, right you know with the david example if those men bible calls them wicked men because they didn't see what they were doing as doing in service of their brothers who were too tired to keep going they weren't doing it as oh i'm i still have strength and i can lend my strength in service of my brother that's what christ was telling disciples says you are not to be lords you are to be in service to one another and that's why when he washed their feet he said to them says what is it that i have done for you this you Mm. know they say well you washed our feet he says yes correct if i being your lord says you call me lord and so i am and if i being your lord can do this right can serve you you likewise do for one another Mm. Mm. that's the motive why everybody said let's bring everything together and lay it at the apostles feet it is the motive of service i i am here to serve my brother i'm here to serve my sister to lend my abilities my, my skills, my, my knowledge, whatever that, that I am or that I have or that I excel at. I am here to lend it in service of my fellow brother and sister in the faith. That's w- that, And that's the claim Ananas and Sapphira purported to make. But what we actually found by their actions mm. was that really their motive was gain, hmm. not service. And so God dealt with them. Wow. Well, Systemally. for me, I would
2: say that, um, you know... <laughs> i think the reason why gold dealt actually with them was because like we are talking about right now the system is different for me in my understanding i will categorize this into three the system of the world intellectually you can say it means ignorance lies morally you can say it is something that's evil unholy and spiritually, we can look at the system of the world as darkness, as self, like Brother Shea was talking about self. When you're, when you're not thinking about other people, you're not, you're not thinking for other people, you're thinking just for yourself. So self, perishable, corruptible, you know, short-lived, frail, defiled, it goes on and on. And then the system of God is something entirely different. Intellectually, you can see it means the truth. Morally, something holy. And spiritually, the system of God means light it means spirit, it means God, it means imperishable, incorruptible, eternal, undefiled, (laughs) you know, it goes on and on, so, in the context of talking for Ananias and Sapphira, you know, like we had just said, like, in Acts, earlier, before before their death, (laughs) it was recorded that, you know, the apostles would do things, believers would do things together, they would, you know, share things, and then they would say, oh, this is what I have, you know, I think, yeah, Acts 4, 432. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. There was no needy person among them. you know. And it goes on and on. And so if they were working with that understanding, remember, now we're shifting from being ignorant to knowing the truth. I think there's the part in the scripture where it says that when we have the knowledge of truth in us, we can't claim otherwise. We can't claim, oh, but we didn't know, oh, but, you know. Because now we are like, we are not like, we are new creatures in Christ. When we walk with God, God expects, God changes us. Like, there is a change, there's like a transfiguration, a transformation that goes on. It isn't immediate or exactly but then it is like i said before continuum like it goes on and we keep unraveling every day as we, as we walk with god and so once that transformation is going on god doesn't expect us to be the same way that we were when we just you know out of the gospel of jesus christ or when we pledge our allegiance and say oh jesus i'm gonna follow you you know he expects that there be change remarkable change such that our lives now become, you no know, like we always see and sing about, the Bible that people now read. Because people won't now tell you, go to the scripture. They will say, look at this person. Oh, look at the life that this person is living. Oh, see what this person has done. You know, then we become, like, in the little things that we now do, we now become witnesses, you know, for the kingdom. And so, for Ananias and Safran, even for us as believers, the system of the world, mammon, darkness, don't forget self, perishable, incorruptible, short-lived, and the system of God, light, imperishable, incorruptible, eternal, undefiled, is very different. In the world, or the system of the world, would say that maybe one of the characteristics that we have is that they do the work of Satan by laboring in the unfruitful works of darkness. Things that have no meaning, things that have no value, Mm. like we said, you know, they are governed by Satan, because they are slaves to the kingdom of darkness. Knowingly or unbeknownst to them, you know, the Bible records lust of the flesh lust of the eyes the pride of life You know and these things, you know, there are things that no matter how Inconsequential we think they are they actually hold weight in the kingdom and so if Anyone tread in this, you know path or if we have not come to the knowledge of truth And then we now go back to our foolish ways of when we do things wrongly Then we should expect that we, should, we would get a reward of whatever it is that we're doing because in the kingdom of God, there's no partial. God mm. isn't pa- partial. He isn't, he isn't biased. He does things. He's a just God, you know. Mm. He's, he's faithful. He doesn't, he doesn't say, oh, he doesn't favor one person. He doesn't show favoritism. He deals with us, he deals with, with us just, the mm. way, just the way it is, like in the most righteous and most faithful way. And so the kingdom of God, the system of God, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And it means that we are being called into a personal relationship with God. You know, just like the apostles, they wouldn't say because, oh, they were in the upper room and then the power of the Lord, you know, came down heavily upon them and then they began to, you know, speak in different languages and then people began to say, oh, are these men drunk with wine? It's so early in the morning. You know, afterwards, after the upper room, I'm sure that they all, you know, went, you know, by their various businesses and all of that. So it goes on to show that regardless of the community or the fellowship or the communion that we have in, in church, God wants us to have a personal relationship with him. He wants us to daily take his his cross, to bear his cross. He wants us to he wants us to, you know, just like we sing in you know in the celebration Church, we say, uh, "Yaraman, Yara Man, E Yaraman, you know, it says, Oh, come on, you know, every day he wants us to right. have that surrender, to have that humility, to 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 be humble enough, to 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 have that reckless mm-hmm. abandon to to everything that is God, if you know what I mean. And this system of God is so peculiar because, like, we're talking about citizenship and all of that. These people, if we claim to, you know, be indeed citizens of the kingdom, then we keep our residence in the realm of Zion. That means we remain in light. We remain in, in, mm. in holiness. We have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. Nothing defiles us. We keep our consecration, you know, very solid. And, of course, we definitely should keep our fire burning. We do not do things for the gains, like we talked about. We do not do things for the now. We remember that this world is just but for a few. There is an eternal abode that is everlasting, (laughs) that never ends. And so whatever it is that we do now, we should be guided by the fact that this life is just but for a few. And I'd just like to, again, add, finally, before I move on, that we should, of course, in the kingdom of God or in the system of God, we need to grow. We need to grow in in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If we go in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then we will go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't be static. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't say no, you know, because some people argue and they say, "Do you know when I gave my life to Christ? I am your senior in this year. Like you know, mm-hmm. you don't know me. You know you know." And I feel like there's just foolish arguments, you know. Like we should grow. Everyone, no one should be static. No one should. No one should just like a fig tree. No one should. We should bear fruit. If you know what I mean. And so there is a clear difference. For Ananias and Sapphira, again, it was because the system right. is different. In this In this kingdom of God, you cannot do things like you do it in the world. Yes. That's it.
1: Mm. Wow. You know, as you were speaking, uh as you were speaking, Sister Mary, I'm reminded of the... um I think it's Paul the Apostle. I want to say Corinthians. I'm not exactly sure if it's Romans or Corinthians, where he says, you know, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, right? It's yeah. not food or, 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 or drink. It is righteousness, peace, mm-hmm. and joy in the Holy Ghost. That that is the mm-hmm. actual currency of the kingdom of God, which, mm-hmm. is, which is a stark difference from what this world is. And that's what Brother Shea was also alluding to, that this system is a system of profit, um, and the prophet of course, can manifest in can manifest. I mean, ultimately, it, it's about the self. When we really think about it, even when we are talking mm-hmm. about the wealth, why is it? Why is it that even you know when people are talking about wealth and power and position, it's all because it's it's oriented towards the self. In fact, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's an event that happens in scripture, which I think you know i don't know i don't know if most people touch on it but it's very interesting because i was reading i was as i was reading the book of john this week and all of a sudden i wasn't even looking for i wasn't even thinking this was going to be pertinent to the conversation but you know just me reading you know, I, I i as we all do we we study our scripture every day as students of the bible so i was reading john and there's this portion in chapter three where the disciples of john come to john right and they said to john they said uh you know, and they called him rabbi because they, you know, they would call John rabbi teacher. He was their teacher. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, he who was with you, right, beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, um, he says, behold, he is now baptizing, right, um, and all are coming to him. And I was, you know, as... I usually use the Bible app to listen to it because that helps you know that also helps me sometimes I read sometimes I listen and it says you know and everyone's coming to him and even in that statement the way and let and we're looking at the system of the world right and let's even let's even let's even zoom in a little bit more let's say we're looking at celestial church of Christ because that's the church we are often we are all familiar with and they say to and someone and, and a group of people come to you and utter that same statement. The person you baptized, the person you talked about, the person you told us about, he is now praying for people, and many people are flocking to that person, right? What what is the what is the 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 impulse that you know that gets moved in us when we hear that statement? And we oh, all know ego, it. ego, right? <laughs> ego. It's yeah. like wait, yeah. everyone's going to that guy right like but i'm the one who you know exactly <laughs> like you know you know when did he enter the when when, when did he become a, 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 a you know a member of this church i would and even just from that you know that that statement that they make to john and immediately you see that john's perspective is different, because all three of us know what the next response will be. And, and it's going to lead me to, you know, to, to my, my next question, right? He says, you know, it says, you yourselves heard me, right? That I witnessed that I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. And this is where he says, you know, he who has the, bridegroom, the bride, right? He, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because mm. of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, the joy of mine is fulfilled. He is happy. The gratitude, you see, the gratitude of the role that has been assigned to him. He does not relinquish that to be corrupted by his by greed or ego or or pride. Right, and this is where he says the famous: "He must increase, I must decrease." I must decrease, decrease. Right? Mm-hmm. And that is such a huge, right? That's, a, that's such a huge, a huge, you know, thing that this world, you know, this world does not, does not tend to like things like that, right? The, the world does not embrace things like that, especially in today's world where it's about, you know, your worth, your worth, your worth. It's about the self. But even we as believers find ourselves even more vulnerable. And I'm thinking that we are very vulnerable because, I mean, we, we are. this is the world that we wake up in, we sleep in, we, 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 all our actions are rendered in this world every day. So it's safe to say that this is what we are constantly practicing, that if we were to talk about the system of God as believers that we are supposed to be a part of, what chance do we have, especially when we are constantly immersed in this system that teaches us or that informs on these on these types of um, th- these types of character, right? That brings out these vices out of us. But we're constantly we're constantly mark- we're constantly trafficking in it. But we know that we're supposed to be different. We know that the type of response we're supposed to have should be similar to the type of
3: response John had when those disciples came to him. And he... Had... But you know, we can't have that different response or, or that different response in this system, right? Why? In this world that we live in is mm-hmm. not possible unless we are in the spirit.
1: And that's what I was going to ask is that, so where, how, where, where does that come in? What makes what what makes that possible? And this is the question I wanted to throw out. What makes that possible? Especially because it would seem that the thing that you practice the most tends to have more of an influence on you. At least that's what that's what we 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 found out, right? It's what you practice the most, is what becomes habitual. Since mm-hmm. we're in the world all the time, we're constantly bombarded with our worth and our profit, right? Gain. Um, I mean, it, it's even so bad that a lot of churches now, you know, it, it would seem as if the gospel is about profit, not even about the kingdom or the system of God, hmm. right? What? How do we? How do we get into that place where the 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 influence of the world decreases, even as we are in it? How do we get to that place and begin to and allow for the system of God to begin to take over? Or or I'm I'm trying to articulate in such a way that's very simple. How do we begin practicing the system of God on earth? Perhaps even, even more than the things that we you know, the, the practices that we engage in um, in this world, if that makes
3: any sense. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it does. And I think it's it's the emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, this is why Christ said, I will not leave you fatherless, but will send you right the the spirit to you the comforter who will guide you in all truth Mm -hmm. we 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 cannot do anything about the world and the system of the world that we live in Mm. and and from the prayer christ prayed that's not really the you know what he's asking us to to do anyway right Right. because he says i do not pray that you take them out of the world Mm. right he knows that he says he says they are in the world but they are not of the world that's right Mm. But he prays. He didn't, he, but he also pray that he says, "I do not pray that you take them out of the world. We are we are meant to be a light in a world of darkness. But what makes that possible? What what separates the believer? What separates the believer from from the world is that the believer lives in the world, but operates in the world through the system of God. Hmm. That's the difference, right?" The, uh, a non-believer is operating in the world through the system of the world. But it is possible to operate, just like Christ did, to operate to, in the world, but under a different system, mm. under a different standard, under a different curriculum. Mm. And, but the, 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 the ability to do so, what, what determines success in being able to do so is being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, being, you know, being piloted and directed by the Holy Spirit.
0: Mm.
3: And that is the key ingredient that the church needs to emphasize for every adherent of, of, of every disciple of Christ is that we are to be led by the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit, mm, they yeah. are the children Souls of God. Of God. These there? are the things we, we are the, the fruits, right? By their fruits, you will know them it is having this mindset, this the perspective of service. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might show right the, the, what is good and the effectual will of God. Exactly. The, we might show the will of God. And so, the reason John the Baptist's ego didn't flare up and he says, oh wow, really? So the person i baptized is baptizing others, huh? When I used to have all the shine, because remember, we're told people would come to in the wilderness to seek after him, right? Christ even said, Christ affirmed it. He says, you know, what did you go out there to see in the wilderness? Mm. A reed shaking right? with the wind. A reed yes, shaking yeah. with the wind, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, people used to go and seek John and he would baptize. But why did, his, why did his ego not flow? Because he was being led by the Spirit. He's under the influence of the Spirit. The Spirit is the one guiding and dictating and ordering his steps. Mm. And that is it. That's the, that's, the, that's the secret recipe for the believer, in if we stay the, the, the way we will successfully operate in this world in on, in the in the system of God is to have the mind of God and to have the mind and the, what is the mind of God the logos right the logic the reason of God all synonyms, is Christ mm. mm-hmm. but uh, but to but to, to have Christ lead you is to be is to put on the spirit mm. the time is coming Christ says, "And now is where those who worship God must worship in, in spirit, spirit and, and, truth. and in truth." Amen.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Without that spirit, we can't do it. We just can't do it because, like you said, <laughs> I mean, we, we the 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 stimulus of the world it is constant. Without, if we are not in the spirit, if the spirit is not the one leading us. If 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 the spirit in me has become so quenched, so diminished, you know. That it's not, what's motiva- it's not what's motivating me, it's not what's driving me, right? My eyes are no longer on the kingdom, mm. right? Set your mind, set your eyes, your affections on the things above, not the things beneath. Yes. It is, the only by the, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can set our affections, that allows us to set our minds, to always be constantly, that reminds us constantly, that keeps our mind, you know, constantly uh, focused. On the things of the kingdom, on the on, on on heavenly things, on on the spiritual system, on the system of God, the it, the moment we you know we're, we're we're not in the spirit, we're not led by the spirit, it, uh, I mean inevitably we will we will fall back into you know uh, uh, our affections, our minds, our thoughts being about how do we make it in this world. Mm. We we're no longer thinking about. Service to, to you know in the in the you know in the in the in the efforts of advancing the kingdom of God of being a light in the world of darkness we're we thinking about well how am I going to make it in this world my gain right. my profits and that that's what I see you know I think you know that that's if if we do not have the spirit of God leading directing us then there's no way that we will not fall victim to to the uh, you know the constant uh, stimuli of this world.
2: Uh, I would just like to say like there's this while we were speaking there's this Bible verse that I was actually looking for it's in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse um, I think 5 and 6 it says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds mm-hmm. set on what the spirit desires so since the time of creation you know it, it has always been a thing of choice you know you choose you <laughs> choose We'll be presented with all the options and all the alternatives. You choose, whether you choose life or death, or where do I, it's in my hand, it's in your hand, you know? Like, literally. And so, like, the question of whether or not, like, how how practical can we be, even as we live in this world, but not of this world, is that we need to choose the spirit. We need to be spiritually minded. See, I've come to realize that, because there was a time that I was always, I was a personal story now. I was always so fixed on things, get to me very quickly, right? And when I see that, even on social media, like everything is just going down south and there's just so many things, that, like there's a lot of hustle and bustle on the internet, what is going on? I just want to shut off, like, let me just leave the space. Do you understand? But I've come to realize that there will always be distractions. Things will always pop up. There will always be a concert. <laughs> there was this concert some few weeks back here, right here, some weeks back, <laughs> right here in London, right? they will they will you need we need to condition our minds to be spiritually minded to to have our eyes is it corinthians now Where he says when every runner run you know they run when every athlete run they run because they know that there is a price to be won at the end we're not running aimlessly we're running because there is something to be won at the end and so if i forget everything if i do not remember anything if I get distracted for a few by some things, again, I remind myself, why am I doing this? What has God called me to do? I think, again, it comes with identifying or knowing what your purpose here on this, on this earth is. If you know, it becomes very easy for you to, you know, go back to the drawing board and say, okay, mm-hmm. maybe I miss it for a few, but here I am. And God will not say, nah, <laughs> you are banished from the kingdom. No, his arms are always wide open to receive as many will come back to him. Right, and so it's, it boils down to even as we are in this world, as Celestians, as youth, as believers, we need to be spiritually minded. We need to be spiritually minded. We have the choice. We, we, there would always be excuses there excuses, always be distraction, but we have the choice to actually choose. You know the way it is. Maybe you you're, um, um, you have an exam and then you're you're studying and all of that. You have the choice to say. I don't want to study now. Nah. I'll read that party or, you know. And then, when the time for exam comes, and maybe the person writes and the person fails, you chose that. Because if you actually wanted to win, if you actually wanted a distinction, then maybe you would have put in more effort. So I remind myself, and I think we should too, right? Like, we all should remind ourselves daily: who am I? You know, like, who do I belong to? Who is the Lord of my life? I think that puts Mm. us in check and, you know, it's like perspective that we've been talking about. Like, it it, it gives you that identity to know, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? Okay, why am I conditioned to be different? Okay, why do I not go after the patterns of this world? Mm. There was this, there's this prayer, not worse. I think I still pray, that I usually pray, you know, when things get to me quickly and I maybe want to forget, you know, or lose focus, I'll say, God, Honest prayers now. I say, God, neither my aspiration nor my achievements should take me away from you. Or should take me away from purpose. Or should take me away from what you have conditioned, what you have pre-planned, what you have predestined me to do. Because it's so easy. One snap of the finger, you're gone. And these things can represent, anything can represent idol. i, I can, can be idolatry, right? Anything that takes the presence of God in your life. Whatever it is, your education, your marriage, your business, wealth, whatever That's right. that takes the presence or the position of God in your life. And what and what did the book of Jeremiah say? It says that you know those who worship idols or who run or who lost after idols, they're like broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So you're just grappling. You're like in between, and you you just like it's just not a comfortable life. So what God wants or wills for us as believers, as sons of God, is that we be spiritually minded. If we are spiritually minded, even in this world of shining tricklets and distractions left, right, and center, we will still fix our eyes on God if we want to. And then we will now pray to God, to the Holy Spirit, because again, it is not of Him that we let, right? We need to acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit, which helps Mm -hmm. us to achieve these things.
1: Thank you, Sister Mary. That was, I like like, um, your emphasis on choice, um, on choosing. Um, and then also Brother Shea's emphasis and reliance of, on the Holy Spirit. Um, the choosing and then choosing the person that, choosing who to, to help navigate, especially in this system of the world that we're constantly, uh, we're constantly um, immersed in. So so much time has already elapsed, I wasn't even aware. So I guess we'll, we'll, I'll try to have us close on this note. Um, and I, I, I'll pose a question and then we'll, we'll close on that note. Um, we look at the state of the church. Let's even look internally now at the church. And a lot of the content coming out of the church, not just Celestial Church of Christ alone. Of course, we know we also share We share in the guilt. Um, how easy the world has penetrated even the, the borders of the church. I mean, even when you listen to prayers, at times um, when we render prayers in our church, where you know any, anyone and everyone, of course, is given an opportunity to pray, you can almost, you can almost, maybe not even almost, based on the prayer a person is making, you know where the 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 dial. If we were to if we were to have maybe uh, uh, on one side, on the left side, we have the system of the world, and we have we have Mammon on one side. You can almost tell where the arrow is pointing. Whether it's it's more directed to the system of God, whether it's directed to God or is, is directed to to the things of the world. Um, and the more I see that, it makes me. It's either it's either that the world is is more subtle in its approach, not just subtle in its approach in 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 invading the church or in trying to deceive the believers. Um. But it's even more, the way it presents these things are more appealing. Yeah. Because for some of, even some friends I have, even some at the age of 30, are already, they're already stressed about what life would be like after they retire, right? They're thinking about, oh, insurance policies. They're thinking about, oh, am I covered here? Am I covered there? We find ourselves in a stress, jittery um, state of mind whereas even when we talk about when jesus says you know do not worry about what you're going to eat what you're going to drink what you're going Mm -hmm. to wear to some it's just yeah that's wise but that's not practical now we can't really practice that in this system has the world gone so far now that we cannot but think about tomorrow right? Even at the age, even at mid-twenties for many people who have children, they are already, they are already freaking uh, freaking out about whether their kids will go to college, how do I put money for my kids, how do I get a home? There is so much of the world now that's elicited in us fear, right? And Out of this fear comes a lot of decisions that we make, or choices that we make based on based on that fear and based on the fact that if we don't take care of certain things now, we're going to be part of this percentage that will be left behind because the world is moving towards a place of even um, more, you know, more, more. uh, boisterous capitalism, right? Where, where where the economy is moving in a certain direction, and you either be a part of it now or you, you know and so the world, of course, has this message. and all of us, including believers, inclu- including pastors, including evangelists, none of us want to be left behind. at least it's it's the it's the notion that I get, right? So surrounded by all of these things, a a young Christian comes to you both of you guys a young Christian comes to you guys and knowing all of these things and knowing the battles that every believer faces you know based on what I have outlined and the young pilgrim or the young Christian comes to you Sister Mary uh, and then Brother Shea comes to you and says you know how do I reconcile Um, how do I reconcile my faith how do I keep my faith strong you know in a world and even in the church where it seems as if the things of the world are, are more talked about than the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God, I wrestle because it doesn't seem as appealing to me as maybe the, how the things of the world are, ve- are very appealing. And we know, of course, if we're always praying, oh, let us be blessed, my enemies be destroyed, those who, you know, uh, the, the, the things, the everyday things that we're always coming to God, praying about. says, but how do I keep my faith intact? so just a few a few minutes what advice do you give to this young christian that wants to hold fast to this faith right um just think about similar to let's say you're paul and you're writing to timothy and you want to talk to this young timothy about these things in your words how will you put it
2: uh okay so (laughs) my response would be um know who you believe It, it boils down to knowledge my people perish because of the lack <laughs> you know <laughs> know who you believe like if you truly claim to be a follower to be mm. a disciple to, to be a believer then actually know like really know jesus for yourself because then it becomes easy to not be swayed back and forth with all of the uh, trends and clouds and everything going on in this world because these things are already recorded right in the scriptures like we already know that these things are gonna happen some few a year about a year ago a young lady in my parish like she just came to me from the sunday school and she was like and i'm like yo i'm still very young why you coming to me she's like no you spoke the other day and so i'm like okay hold on and the first thing i told her is this like it still boils down to identity Mm -hmm. for me like who are you and she's like oh my name is no no i don't mean who are you like really who are you and she's like no that she doesn't understand i like, go to your house study the scripture and see what god says about you because then when you have an informed knowledge of who you are of who's you are then it becomes easy to not be to not do things out of out of you know just out of the blue just because she want to do that whatever decision that we were making We'll be making it with the Holy Spirit, and we we'll are making it in line with God's purpose for our life. So, if I'll be telling anyone uh, an advice or whatever, know who you believe. Remember how you received God. Remember how you li- li- received this message. Even though many of us, like I am, I was born and bro- I was I was born and bred, you know, in the church. You know, I had uh, from a very strong Christian home, etc. Mm-hmm. But then I think I, I, it was continually ringing in my ears, you know, by my parents, my mom, most especially. Like you need to know Jesus for yourself. If you know, then it wouldn't be like someone telling you, you when 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 I want to do anything, I remember I I don't remember oh they said she said I remember it for I know this is. I know this is like by the power and by the help of the Holy Spirit, I know this is it, I know this is it. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying it from like a third person perspective. I'm saying it from my own understanding of what I know. And again, if anyone misses it, you know god isn't looking for perfect people He understand our fleshy limitations He understand where we're coming from he knows that we're made around us he knows that in this world as it is that we will be you know there's so many things that would you know that can actually you know make mm. us fall at one point or hurt at one point he knows and isn't looking for perfect people he sees when we're really trying so for whatever reason do not stray away like do not stay away mm. if you stray do not stay away like still go to god still go to God. Still go to God. And I think, again, it boils down to, like I said, knowing who you believe. Knowing who you are, like, who who do you belong to? And of course, living a life of obedience, because the Holy Spirit speaks, right? Even Jesus speaks to us. To have our, yes, our spiritual antenna, like I like to say, open to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord for us, so that we, when we hear, when we listen, we're better able to, you know, follow them.
3: Yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I think um, I, I totally agree. I think it's 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 about motive, um, and I think that's what Sister Mary is talking about. You know, some if if a young Christian, you know, was to come up to me, I would, you know, what is your what is your motive? What is your what is your true motive? Because I think that you know, um, in the parable that Christ says, render, and, and it's what Sister Mary kind of you know when she first. Uh, earlier on started uh, speaking she she mentioned you know the the, when christ says well then give to caesar what is caesar and give to god what is god and i think that's really it what is your what is your motive um Mm -hmm. you are in this in this world you know whatever you you need you need to do to live in this world you know that that's obviously not a crime or anything Mm -hmm. right that's there's not you know there's nothing wrong with rendering to Caesar what is Caesar mm-hmm. um, but but there's a but there right you know you have to have a, you have to have a job you have to you know pay your bills all of that nothing wrong with any of that um, hmm. but the but there right but give to god what is god's hmm. and that's you know if if, if to if you know, if somebody was, was struggling i think that's that's the a, a hmm. good passage of scripture to, that, that we could give to for us to examine ourselves to be introspective well you know am i giving you know uh more more than i ought to give to caesar mm. you know uh, maybe that, that 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 therein is the is the issue right is that we, we perhaps give more to caesar than we ought hmm. and give less to god and so it is that it is that uh, uh, we, we, we need to be introspective and weigh it on the scales. You know, in, in the exercise of my daily life, do I give to God the things that are God's? And if, you know, that's what, you know, that's how you will navigate, is, is, is being truthful, uh, and that's what will show, will show the, the true motive of, of what is in my heart and what is in, you know, your heart, right? It is, it is in answering that question. You know, Christ didn't say, "Well, hey, you know, don't pay your taxes, you right. know, or anything like that." No, you know, hey, Caesar wants his taxes paid. Right. You pay your taxes, you know, but give to God what belongs yeah. to God.
2: Yeah, is and you know, <laughs> so
3: we we know, you know, what what you know, and uh, 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 and what is it, oh man, that the Lord requires? Right. He's shown you, O oh man, right. Mm. And what is it that the Lord requires of you, right? To to love mercy to do justice, and to walk humbly with your God. Mm. And so that, you know, for me, uh, with all the the noise of, of, you know, of of the world and the system of the world, do I give to God the things that are due him, the service, the worship, and everything Mm. that is due to him? Mm.
1: Wow. We're, we're, I'm thinking that there might be a part two to this because as you both were talking, more things were, more questions were, were forming in my mind. But I think this is a good place to, <laughs> to park the bus because and and usually when that happens to me, when more questions are just coming in, like it's it's evidence of a of, of a really good conversation. Um, but I don't want us to run out of I don't want us to run out of brain power. Um, uh, since it's already, I think we've, we've exhausted over an hour even almost an hour and a half in this conversation, but it has been very insightful, thank you again um, Sister Mary for making time um, to have this conversation with us it has been truly enlight- enlightening and I hope that you'll consider coming back again at,
2: at some point <laughs> yeah, definitely, thank you so much for having me, Thank you